0: Oh, Lord for such a move of the Spirit of Hallelujah. God and the blessings of God. I believe there's a deliverance there in that family. I'd like to take your Bibles if you would and go to Joel, the second chapter and verse twenty five. The book of Joel, the second chapter and verse twenty five. God bless you for being here today. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. The Lord bless them abundantly. Okay. Everybody there? All right. I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, palmer worm, my great army, which I sent, Among you, we're going to title this I Will Restore. I Will Restore. Even though God sent His great army, these chewing worms, against His people, now He makes such a proclamation I Will Restore. For your encouragement, that when you get a promise from God, it is worth just as much as a fulfillment. A promise brings you into direct control with God. Honor Him by acting and obeying His promise. Stand firm in Him and rejoice. So, we have a fulfillment when God says, I will restore. Makes no difference what it is. He said, I will restore. The Lord delights in mercy. He enjoys giving us a new start after ever failure. Michael 7, 18 said, Who is a God like you? Pardons iniquity. Passes over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage I will restore unto you the years that you've lost I want you to prepare yourself right now this morning to start believing God for whatever's been lost in your life in the last few years I don't care what it is you have a promise from God that I will restore unto you the Bible said in David recovered all the Bible said Gideon recovered all the Bible said the four lepers were recovered at all. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. What he's done for them, he'll do for you and I. He is in the restoring business. Restore us back to our rightful place. I will restore. The Lord delights in mercy. He delights in giving. He delights in giving a new start. After ever failure, he delights in restoring everything that we have lost. If you lost some finances, I want you to start expecting something to come back in your life. We have to live expecting to see something good come in our lives. Joel 2 and 12 said, God is gracious and merciful and slow to anger and of great kindness. I will restore. I hope I don't belabor this too much this morning, but the Lord has really impressed this on my heart when he gave to me this other day. I will restore to you the years that you have lost. You can have a new start. You can have a new way of life today. New things, the old things pass away and something new come in your life. I will restore. I am not going to restore. He said, I will what? And it's a promise that has already been fulfilled. When he says, I will. You can count on it. That it's already done. All you have to do is receive it. When you get a promise from God, it's worth just as much as a fulfillment. You know when he says, I will restore, he's already fulfilled it. Some translation reads there, That he's already done what he said he was going to do. He's finished the work. All we have to do is receive it. When you get this promise, he said, I will restore, or I have restored to you, all that you have lost. Anybody in here lost anything? Have you lost anything? God says, I will restore. I give you that my promise that I will restore this good thing back to you. Matthew 8, when Jesus came down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Verse 1. When he came down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Then in verse 2, there came a leopard and worshiped Jesus, saying, Lord, if I will. Thy canest make me whole. Listen, when he fell down on the ground and worshiped Jesus, even though he was a leper, he moved the heart of God. Worship moves the heart of God. Praise and thanksgiving and gratitude moves the heart of God. In the biblical time, there was nothing, no worse that could happen to a person than to have leprosy. It is a type of sin in the biblical time, there was no cure for leprosy. There is no cure for sin today except the blood of Jesus. And then filling the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's the only cure that will cure sin. This is the type of sin. He fell down and he worshiped. He worshiped. The Bible said when the ark came home, David danced before the ark with all of his heart all of his soul and all of his might and all of his strength. And his wife said, you have made a fool of yourself today. He said, I will make a bigger fool tomorrow. said, you don't realize where I have come from. He took me from following my, taking care of my father's few sheep. He delivered me from the lion. He delivered me from the bear. He delivered me from Goliath. He delivered me from your father that chased me in the wilderness for years. I hid in caves. I went into the foreign countries and spit on my beard and act like I was mad to keep them from killing me. And he has placed me on the throne instead of your father. I will make a bigger fool of myself tomorrow because I have gladness in my heart because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. How many something God has done something miraculous in your life? If He had not done nothing in this world but forgave you of your sin. That's something to shout about. Shout about and shout unto the Lord. Paul stood before the king and the king said, Paul, much learning has made you mad. He said, Oh, no, most noble king i'm not mad learning has not made me mad if you realize where i have come from i made havoc of the church of the living god i persecuted it. i brought it to waste glory to god i went into the arabian desert for three years i was received up into third heavens i seen things that i was forbidden to write and he had made me apostle that come behind and no gifts that the other chief apostles does. He said, I made havoc of the church. I'm a chief of all sinners. I am so glad what God has done for me. I can't help but being a fool for Christ. I can't help being zealous for Christ. I mean, when much is given, much is required. He was so thankful what God had done for him, he couldn't help but being a fool, being a fool for Christ. Christ had restored him, Brother James Clayton. He should have been cut off and killed. David should have been stoned for what he did. He committed his sin with Bathsheba, But God said, I have forgiven your sins. How many are glad that God has forgiven your sin? It doesn't matter what you've done. It is forgiven. You ought to shout hallelujah. The blood of Jesus has forgiven you of all your sin One that you committed willingly and some you committed that you didn't know you committed. I'm grateful and thankful to God for what he's done in my life. Sometimes I feel like telling you some things of what he's done for my life when I look back down the road just realize what God has done for me. When he fell down and worshipped Jesus, and he said, he said here again, he said the leopard worshipped him and Jesus, and he said, Lord, if thy will, thou canst make me clean. Jesus settled the question forever right here. He removed all doubt, all doubt of anything. It is his will to set the captive free. Everybody has been in captivity. Brother Ken done a good job on the Sunday school class. You may not realize it, but sometime in your life you've sinned against God. You say, well, I didn't. Well, that's the that, 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 that lie from the man. because you've sinned against God. Because uh, Romans 3:23 said, all have sinned and come short. I'm the glory of God. What he wants to do is wipe away sin about our lives where the glory of the Lord can return and come into our lives. He settles the question forever. It is his will to set all people free that's in captivity. That's his will. That's his divine will. And notice what he says, what Jesus said. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. I will be thy cleanse from this leprosy he was freed immediately gene i appreciate that that had been on my heart and my soul immediately and suddenly it happened how many church well, i want you to start looking and expecting something hallelujah he come to set the captive free he come to destroy the yoke not he didn't come to break no yoke a broken yoke can be put back together, but a yoke's been destroyed can't be put back together because it's destroyed and just mashed to powders. He set you free. Should never be another question come up in our mind. Is it God's will to set people free? Jesus said, it's my will to free you. I will. He's already freed you. I mean, you know, you've already been freed. All you've got to do is just say, I'm free. All you got to do is start accepting I'm free. I've been freed by the blood of Lamb. I've been set free. Amen. Amen. Where much is given and much is required. Praise God. I've been forgiven much. I don't know about you. But I've been forgiven a lot. I've been forgiven a lot. When you get a promise from God. It is worth just as much as a fulfillment. It's already fulfilled. When he says you are free. And whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. He makes us free. Micah 7 and 8 said, Who is God like you? Who pardons iniquity? Passes over the transgression? And of the remnant of his inheritance? We all know the story well. When I see the blood, I'll do what? When God sees the blood in your life that's been applied to your life, you already had a promise from God that all of your iniquities has been set free. And when God told Moses, I want you to go down to Pharaoh, and this is what I want you to tell him. I want you to tell him to let my people go, that they might come and worship me. They were released from captivity not to do their own will. They were released from captivity that they might worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hear, O Israel, our Lord God is one. That's why they was free. We are free today from captivity and set free from the wilds of the devil to be able to worship God in spirit and in truth and receive His wonderful promises in our lives. Amen. Praise God. We're going to see some wonderful things happening. There's some wonderful things already happening. The blind can't see it. But those that are alive in God can see things that are happening. The wonderful blessings of God is happening in our lives. One leper out of multitudes came down out of the mountain, Brother Don. Just one. I don't know how many, but there was more than one, I believe, in that group, in that multitude. I believe there was more than one leper that came down. But only one had the courage. Brother Ken had the boldness. He was supposed to cry out unclean. Unclean. He's supposed to have been a far way off. He shouldn't have come close. But there's something in his heart. I want to be free. I am tired of being a leprosy. I'm tired of being in captivity. I'm tired of carrying this around. I'm tired of fooling with this thing. I want to be free. I'm through saying I'm unclean. He made his way through the crowd and got to Jesus and fell down and worshipped him. He said if you will you can free me. He said, I will be thy free. And immediately he was free because he had the courage and the boldness to come to the throne of grace in the time of need. How many is in need this morning? You need a breakthrough. You need a breakthrough in your life. You need a breakthrough. All you need to do is come to Jesus and say, I want to be free. He will say, I will free you. It's my promise unto you to be free. What more can he say? What more can he say? Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Out of all that multitude, only one got free. Only one. Both saw him as the promise and the fulfillment to worship God. There's a centurion came to Jesus, and he said, "My servant, he lieth at home. He's sick but a palsy, and he's grievously tormented. He's sick. He's tormented. How I many do the devil torments? The devil steals. The devil robs." If that's not good enough, he'll destroy. He'll destroy you. He'll destroy your confidence in God. He'll destroy your faith in God. He'll destroy your boldness in God. He's a thief. He comes to destroy. He comes as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But the Bible said he's given us boldness to shut the mouths of the lion. If Daniel can shut the mouths of the lion and lie den and lay down and go to sleep all night, I want you to know this morning there's a God in heaven that's going to stop that lion of roaring and of following you around and of roaring and seeking to devour you in some way or another, make an accusation accusing you of things that you don't have to be accused of because whom the Lord is free, you are free. By the blood of Jesus, you free. He's given us power to shut the mouths of the lion, to stop that devil from roaring on our... He has. He's giving you power. Praise God. Hallelujah. I think most all companies went through something we went through one time. And you couldn't fire nobody anymore. You, you just couldn't do that. Used to you get a little anger with them. You'd say you fired and they had to go home. They stopped all that. You had, they had this three defenses. They had, and You had to sit down and talk with them. You had to put it in writing. They had to sign it. And you had to show them how to improve. I heard a group of people say one time, said they took all my authority away from me. I don't have no authority anymore. I said, you got all the authority you need if you follow the rule. The problem is we don't follow the rule. Listen, all we got to do is follow the authority rule of Jesus Christ, stand our grounds, amen, and come boldly to the throne of grace in the time of need because we have assurance from God, I'm free before I get there. Come on, church. You're free before you get there. You're free before you open your mouth. You have a promise from God, I will free you. I have free. Need you, you're free. You're free. How many are free this morning? If you're not free, you're in the right place this morning to get free. Your spirit is the most important thing in this world. There's nothing no more important in this world than your spirit. It's the only thing going to live forever. Nothing else is going to live forever. Thank God I'm free. I am free. I am free. Jesus says, I will come and heal him. Notice this. Here's a man's not even a Christian. He said, "I will." In other words, he's already free. And the man said, "I am not worthy for you to come." Jesus did not come to this world to take inventory to see who was worthy to receive him. If he had taken inventory, who's worthy to see him, and not one of us would be saved, because none of us is worthy. We're unworthy. We're like the lepers, we'd have had to cry unclean. But Jesus says, I will come and heal him. He said, I am not worthy. How many of you, you, you? glory to God. He's not given us the spirit of timidation. He's given us a spirit of courage and confidence and confession. When we come before him boldly and let him know, praise God. Amen. Praise God. It might have been rude and ugly to me, but when I used to go to my mother's house, I'd open that refrigerator door and I'd look in there. There's anything in there I wanted. She had to eat. I'd eat it. I didn't ask her, could I do it? Because that was my mama and I know she was going to give it to me. Amen. If I'd said, Mama, I can have that, she said, You can have it. Listen, you don't have to come before God with your head bowed down and down and out, and discouraged and despondent. But when you come boldly and tell Him, say, I'm here to get my inheritance, I'm here to get what belongs to me. It belongs to me and I'm here to get it. Amen. Come on, has anybody in this place got any boldness this morning that's yours, that belong to you? Praise God. Praise God. I know I've told you this story before, but I know you want to hear it again. This lady worked for the highway department. But she didn't actually work for them. She was over the contractors there that done the cleaning. And uh, she told me one day, we were talking to her, she said the IRS had locked up her bank account. And I mean, you know, the IRS can really get ugly. I, some people think they've been sent to ugly school. I don't know, but they can really get ugly sometime If you, uh, you, just, you, if you ain't never been in, inventored by them, you ought to thank God that you hadn't. Amen. And she said, they locked up my bank account. I don't have no money or nothing. But said, I went to church Sunday morning. One Sunday morning, I wrote out my tithes. And I said, Lord, here's your tithes. But the R.S. has got them. If you want them, you're going to have to get them from them. Because I don't have no money. And I put in that offering plate. Somebody tell me what happened Monday morning when the bank woke up. Listen, when you come boldly to the throne of God, you've already been free. You've already been healed. You've already been set free. Your sins have already been forgiven. All you've got to do is say, it's mine and I want it. This mine. Ken don't like that commercial. It's my money and I want it. He don't like that commercial. But you ought to tell God, it's mine and I want it. I want deliverance. You paid the price. You paid the ultimate premium for me. I want what is mine. I will restore. I will restore. Jesus said, I will come. He said, I'm not worthy. The spoken word is one of the most important things in a Christian or non christians life. The spoken word. And the centurion said, if you'll just speak a word, if you'll just speak a word, oh, Jesus' heart melted. It just melted him. He said, go home. He was 30-something miles from home. Go home. Your servant is healed. He was already healed because he spoke it. He spoke it. I want to encourage you. It's vitally important, your Christian walk with God, to learn how to speak the Word of God against the darkness in your life. Speak what you want to see happen and stand on the word of God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. There was this woman attended Lakewood Church. She had a son born to her that had a brain the size of a quarter. They said there was nothing to do. He was two years old. Kenneth Hagin went there and preached. He preached on speaking the word standing on the word every day for two years she laid her hand on that boy's head and prayed over him. every day she prayed over him. after two years she carried that boy back to the doctor they said we don't know what's happened but he's got a normal brain I say to myself today when I speak over Peggy if God did it for that little boy God can do it in my family's life. Come on, church. If God did it for her, He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You come boldly through the throne of God, and believe God, God says, I will. I've already done it. I'm just looking for somebody that's got a little boldness and somebody to speak the living word of God and to doubt in their heart and believe the word of God. You shall have whatsoever you say. The devil wants to make you doubt. The devil makes you falter. The devil makes you waver in everything else. But you will stand your ground. Amen? Stand your ground. It's rightfully belonged to you. It's already been done. It's a done deal. I will restore. I will restore. Amen. I will restore. Good things happening. Good things. Every day is happening. Romans 3 23 said, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God doesn't look at our sins because His blood has cleansed us from our sins. He wants to restore the glory of God inside of us. He wants to restore what the old man. Satan has done to us he wants to bring the new man into our life and restore us Joel 2.12 said God is gracious he's merciful and slow to anger and he's of great kindness Acts 10.38 how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power he went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil for God was with him he went about doing good. How many believe he's still going about doing good today? And he's delivering all that's oppressed by the devil. Because God was with him. The anointing was in him. To destroy the yoke. And make us free. Thank God I'm free. I, I, I want to be free. Praise God. Jesus told the man to go home. He went home. Because he saw his suffering. And how he was suffering. We find in Second Kings. Chapter 6. A Shumanite woman. You all remember her. You Remember she didn't have a child. Elisha prayed for her and she had a child. When long that child died. And she laid that child upon the prophet's bed. And the prophet came and laid upon that child and raised that child from the dead. But the story doesn't stop there. A great famine came in the land. The Bible said in the last day there's going to rise a great famine is not for food, but it's for the lack of hearing the Word of God. It didn't say for the lack of the preaching of the Word of God. It said the lack of hearing the Word of God. The Word can be preached, but no hearing and no activity, no obeying and no walking in it. And Elisha went to and said so there's a great famine coming to this land. You better get up and leave. You you, you you, leave because you're not going to be able to stand the famine. She gets up and leaves. This great famine came in the land. And after seven years, God told her to go back. And she went back. And Jehazi was standing before the king and telling the king about this woman. And he happened to look up. Sister Sue mentioned something to me Wednesday night coincidence you know people believe in Cody I, I do sort of do I, I believe that God is author of all good things I believe he's the author of every good thing that happened in your life he's the author and Jehazi looked up and said there she comes right yonder that's her coming right there that's the one that God has done all them good things to Elisha and he called her over there and said come over here and talk to me to tell me all the things that happened in your life and she began to tell him he looked at one of his trusty servants you find this in 2 Kings if you want to go home and read it. You find this in 2 Kings chapter 8. He told one of his trusted servants, said, now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to restore unto her. How I many is getting this. Thank you. I want you to restore unto her what she has lost for the seven years she's gone. Anybody got that? He said, I want you to figure up Her land, I mean, the Civil War was a terrible thing. It was a terrible thing. General Grant asked uh, General Sherman to go through the South and burn everything in his path. When he come back, he said, what'd you do? He said, I took a a 150-mile strip as I marched through Georgia, and I burned everything in my path. He said, even a crow fly over my path at that, the to carry ration. The Civil War was a terrible thing. People come home from the war without anything. They showed on the national news the other day, this 10-year-old girl, and she'd been doing it for four years. She's sending every veteran that's in the foreign country some type of Christmas gift. She said, how can a 10-year-old do that? Faith in God and faith in her people. How many know you got to have faith in people? Don't never lose your confidence in people. I don't care how bad they get. Don't lose your confidence in them. She's been doing that for 10 years. And they say she has done more in her few years than the average American does in a lifetime for people that's in need. How many is time for God's people to rise up and start saying, God, use me in some way or another? She started when she was six years of age. Here this king said, I want you to go back and I want you to figure up how many acres she had and what the crop produced in seven years and what all of it produced. I want you to give it all back to her. Amen? Brother James Clayton, what did you tell us the other day? One ear of corn had how many grains of corn on it? 500. One ear of corn had 500 grains on it. Listen, you cannot imagine what she had coming to her because God is going to... Come on, church. It's time to rise up and say and be bold. I want back what the devil has stole from me. I want back what all those years. There's nothing impossible with those that believe. You ought to shout hallelujah. I believe in God. And there's nothing impossible with God because he lived inside me. She got back what all the seven years she had lost. Because God had made a promise to her. And she got it back. Don't try to figure out how. It's going to happen. It's already in place. Don't have no confidence in your faith. Can somebody say amen now? Y'all looking at me a little funny. Don't have no confidence in your faith. Have faith, confidence in the faith of God. It's God that gave you your faith. Mark eleven twenty-two. If you've got a King James Version, and if it's a Schofield Bible, it'll read you over in the margin where it says have Say it again. The faith of who? King James says have God's faith. But if you read other translations, even Schofield says have the faith of God. I mean the faith of God is the only thing that moves mountains. It's the faith of God the only thing that sets us free. Don't operate in our faith. We're going to operate in his faith. The faith that he's given us. We're going to operate in that and believe the miraculous, miracle, working power of God. It's working in our lives. I'm going to get this back. Hallelujah. How I many have had a dream? Anybody in here ever had a dream? Do you still have a dream? Hmm? Anybody? i got a one, one head shaking. i got one shaking over here. I don't know about this side over here. Did you have your hand up? you have a dream? I'm going to share something with you. Okay? All of you have had a dream. I'm going to share something with you this morning. Joseph had two dreams. He was 17 years of age. and He had two dreams. What he, what he dreamed, it made his brothers angry and mad at him. It made his father angry and mad at him when he told them that dream. They sold him into bondage for 30 pieces of silver. Put him, David said they put him in shackles and chains. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But the Bible said, and God was with him. You got that? And God was with him. Brother James, God was with him. Amen? Sister Linda, and the Bible said, and God was with him. You know why God was with him? He didn't want him to lose the dream. Come on, somebody ought to help me out. You can have a dream, but if you have that dream, you'll lose it. You got to turn the dream over to God. The dream has to have us. The dream has got to be a part of us. Doesn't matter what happened. 14 years happened to him in bondage and shackles and chains. God was with him in the prison house. The dream had him. Amen. If you have a dream, you could lose it. But if God has the dream with you, you can't lose it. How many of you you can't lose what God gives you? Joseph didn't just have the dream. He had the dream had Joseph. When the dream has you, Lord God, I work with this guy. He was from Mount Pleasant. He was a super dominant guy. When he was young, he wanted to go to college. He told me about this. He said, I didn't have no money. And my Parents couldn't send me. said, I got married. And, you know, that's probably the wrong thing to do. But anyhow, he said, I got married and went to Dallas and got a job. And said, I wanted to become a civil engineer, but I didn't have no money. Amen. You. Brother, you said you had a dream. I want you to listen to this. He said, I went to work and my wife went to work. I saved up a little money. And I enrolled in the University of Texas and started working on getting me a civil engineering degree. The dream had him. He run out of money. What would he do? Quit and come home, right? No, he didn't quit and come home. He went and got him another job, went back to work and worked, saved his money, saved up a little money and went back to school. He kept doing that. I forgot how many years it took him to do it. It took Joseph 14 years for the dream to come true. Because God had a hold to him. You know when God gives you a dream and the dream has you. He graduated from the University of Texas. Worked for the highway department until he retired. Because he had a dream. Or the dream had him. Without a vision people perish. If God has given you a dream and you lose that dream. You're going to perish. I'm I'm preaching some solid stuff this morning. Sister Pat, give me a wave. She is to be commended. I'm not going to tell you how old she is because I don't know. But I wouldn't tell you if I knew. But it's amazing that somebody her age has a dream or the dream had her. Is that a better way to put it? The dream had her. The dream had Joseph. Mmm dream. I I may believe it. God can restore your dream. I don't care how many years ago it's been. Hallelujah. I don't care how devastating it looks. God has all the silver and gold in the world. God has given a promise. I will restore what the devil has stolen from you. Sister Pat has already started teaching school. She's going to graduate this month and get her diploma from the Texas A&M College because the dream had her. The dream has to have you. The dream has to carry you along. In the worst of times, the dream keeps carrying you along. The dream carried Joseph through the worst time of his life. It's the age of 31. Hallelujah. All right, Sister Jean, let me to say it again. And suddenly and immediately, one day, hallelujah, they come down. Hallelujah, hallelujah. They came down from the throne and said, we come down from Pharaoh. He sent us down here. We're going to release you from the bondage today. We're going to shave you and clean you up. We're going to give you a haircut. We're going to put on some new clothes on you. You're going to prepare before the king today. Hallelujah. I mean, you know that you're going to prepare. got to quit. Glory to God, appear before the king today. He can give you what God had promised you if the promise has you. Huh? If the promise don't have you, you're going to get discouraged and quit. We asked Brother Clyde in a Sunday, Wednesday night class not too long ago. Brother Clyde, did you ever get discouraged while you were working on your doctor's degree? Think about quitting He said, never. I knew what I wanted, and I never got discouraged. I never got disappointed. I knew what I wanted. You know what? The dream had a hold to him. The reason people lose the dream, they got the dream, and God don't have a hold to them. Paul said, I took a hold to the things that took a hold to me. What God has given you, take a hold of it. Let the dream have us. Suddenly, one day, he appeared, appeared before the greatest king on earth at that time was Pharaoh. He said, this day, this day, if you can interpret this dream that I've had, I understand you can interpret dreams. Joe said, no, I don't interpret dreams. But I know that God did I know him. I have fellowship with him. Let me, he, he could have said, let me tell you about the dream he gave me, and today it's come true. Our problem is that a year or two, it don't happen. We get discouraged and quit. We get discouraged and quit. We just roll over. Brother Yoakum used to teach us, you just give up and give, turn it over to the devil. You, you just give it to him. He can't take it. You just give it to him. Praise God. How many believe that? That one. The devil told God if you'll afflict Job he'll curse you right to your face that's what he'll do he's gonna tell you what to do you do whatever you want to him but don't you take his life don't you take his life the devil has to get permission before he can touch you he's got to get permission Job was the most perfect, upright man in all of his time, but God allowed him to be tested. But he came through that and got a double portion of the promises of God. He said, I will restore all. I will restore all. I want you to start preparing. Let me read you something about Noah. Not Noah, but Abraham. Abraham against hope, believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken over him. Romans 4.18 He believed God was able to produce what was spoken over him, that he would be a father of many nations. But it took 25 years. The promise had a hold to him. He staggered not he believed God was able rest of that he believed God was able to do what he said he was going to do and it says in by faith he became the father of many nations this time he wasn't no father but he believed God I believe God how does that go I believe God how does that go I believe God he hoped against hoped. he believed what was spoken over him he's the father of faith how many believes what God has spoken over us I will restore amen it may be a long journey But he will restore what he said he will restore. God bless you for being here today. I want you to look for something good to happen in your life. Believe that God will do what he has spoken over us. Young rich ruler built bigger barns for a greater harvest. Because he expected a greater harvest. Start building, expect something greater to happen. Look for something greater to happen. Make provision for something greater to happen. He began to build bigger barns. He was criticized for it. But it was God who gave him power to do what? It will. It's God that gives us power to receive the promises of God. God bless you being here. If you allow me, we want to pray over you before you go home. Dear loving Jesus, we pray over your people. We pray expectancy would come. We would believe the word of God that you will restore all that's been lost. All the years that's been gone by that we've lost, we will gather back by you giving it to us. We give you praise. It's already ours. We thank you that it belongs to us. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. God bless you for being here today. (laughs)